0: Hello, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Conveyancing Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Matthew, your host, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Thomas. Hi, Thomas, how's it going?
1: Back again for Episode 7. Hello, everyone, and I hope you are ready for the conveyancing news that we have brought you.
0: Yeah, it's quite a good selection today, isn't it? Still on uh, coronavirus lockdown. And I hope everyone's safe out there. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, please subscribe if you want to get more news. Um, We're available on lots of different um, platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And again, a disclaimer, we are not offering legal advice, but just an overview of the convincing news. So, Tom, uh, shall we...
1: Yeah, let's get into it. So, into
0: it. starting
1: off this week, we have the first article, which, like always, is from the Law Society Gazette. This one says the plea for government grants to help law firms manage debt explosion. What do you think about this, Matthew?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's quite topical. considering this uh, coronavirus outbreak... Um, There'll be a lot of firms. I mean, this is specifically aimed at law firms. I guess uh, different industries may have other ways of um, covering themselves. But basically, this is uh, this guy uh, Greg Powell of Powell Spencer and Partners. He's uh, calling out that for the government to um, provide grants for any firms that are struggling, that well, well, will be struggling. At the end of the lockdown, um, I don't know the exact numbers he's talking about here. So, um, there's the furlough scheme, of course, where the government will cover 80% of an employee's salary. Um, but he's suggesting, yeah, the, the grant could be. A percentage of the turnover of the business i guess based on previous um results i don't know how easy it would be for law firms to kind of fake those results but i guess it's mm. all uh, in record uh, what they've submitted as tax returns etc
1: i mean it might not really be in their best uh concern to fake them i mean it it was obvious this probably was going to happen some you know plea for government grants um i can with all the debt that we've been covering at the moment all the problems we've been seeing in these articles um i think it might be a good idea for the government to start giving grants to certain law firms who have a really bad debt uh, explosion Mm.
0: Um, i don't see the point of like lending people money uh, that has to be paid back later because it's just gonna
1: push oh the problem yeah
0: down the road
1: exactly in this case i feel like a grant would be way better than a loan in uh a- yeah. In in terms of just how um, screwed up the situation is, really,
0: for law firms at the moment. Uh, he's suggesting that um, the grants should be 5% of the turnover. Hmm. Cause it says the law firms will have accumulated massive debts by the time they're allowed to reopen their offices. Anyway, let's move on. I mean, that's it's quite obvious that people are going to be in debt and um, he's calling out for that. We just have to wait to see what happens.
1: Yeah. Hopefully it just doesn't get any worse. We've got a couple weeks and hopefully things um, start calming down and everything can return back to normal. Hmm. Uh, This next article is also from the Law Society Gazette and it says, Junior Solicitor has been banned for lies about briefcase left on a train. Now, Um, a little brief rundown of what I know about this article from uh, checking out uh, real quick is this uh, missus, this uh, junior solicitor had a colleague's briefcase and somehow forgotten it or left it on a train she essentially lied to her firm to buy herself time to try and find this briefcase everything came out to light and because of this she had been banned what else would you like to add to this matthew
0: yeah it's quite interesting that she works for a big firm that actually works for the sra on a regular basis like uh, it's the firm is Capsticks from Birmingham and um, SR, the SRA used them for their regulatory and litigation work so um, you know, I, I don't know why she had the colleague's briefcase on the train it wasn't even her briefcase and then she obviously because she's young and well, she's a junior solicitor she's lied about it when asked which not really helped her no, uh, it's a bit of a shame that she's been struck off now
1: yeah I mean you know as, as Matthew just said you know she's younger uh, more than theory. I do believe she's younger she's a junior solicitor so she doesn't want to get like a bad reputation immediately while she's a junior she doesn't want to you know, tell everyone, damn, I've lost this briefcase with really vital information. So, you know, she tried to do what she thought was the right thing and buy herself time. I mean, you know, being young, there's a a larger margin of error. Hmm. And I feel like being struck off immediately was kind of really harsh, even if the info was very uh, important. Maybe a ban for a year or something, but...
0: Yeah, it's funny. The, The funny thing is that the SRA would have used capsticks... Uh, during this investigation but be, but they couldn't because it would have been a conflict so uh, they had to hire another firm Field Fisher and it uh, charged them a 380 pound hourly rate oh my god and uh, this bit about her personal like struggle um, she said it was her darkest hour she barely ate slept or showered at that time she's been haunted by it
1: Hmm.
0: I mean how important can information be you know if you lose a briefcase you know someone could like read the documents would they necessarily know what they were I mean
1: yeah exactly that's the thing
0: they'd have to give them to somebody who knew what they were before it would even matter you know
1: I mean, it's an error, it's it's something that could happen, that probably does happen at least once a week. Maybe some important document is deleted on a computer, lost, Physically or digitally, and you know that person is probably to blame. But you can't strike someone off, especially when she's a junior and she's probably been studying and she's been, you know, cramming all this information in her brain, doing all these tests and these projects, these assignments that she's had to do. She's finally gone out in the field, and then she's immediately been struck off. I could, I could, you know, I can see why she's probably a bit of a mess at the moment if she is one. You know, if she, mm. she's. She's sad or she's, you know, annoyed. It's 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 clear why. I feel like being struck off was not very very good.
0: It says that she now earns nine pounds an hour in a temporary call center job. And um she's being punished, like, because the SRA had to pay so much in costs, she's being punished for it. Um I don't know how much she was earning before. I guess it was more than £9 an hour. Mm. But it's kind of... The SRA has spent a massive amount of money on this. And Maybe, like, if they just used a more reasonably priced lawyer, uh, she wouldn't have been punished so badly.
1: Still, I believe this is all very extreme. These these documents must have been very important for all of this to have... Had to happen, really. No, like this is. This seems like it's very important information, vital information, that maybe could put the SRA or something out of uh, out of commission. I don't know because it's it's so weird. It seems like
0: imagine what it could be.
1: Yeah, like it's it's crazy to see what they are like, how they're treating the situation, and how she's the one to blame and everything. It's pretty crazy it's strange to
0: put a junior solicitor in that kind of a position to be to have documents that are so important
1: yeah that's what another thing i was going to say is she's a junior solicitor whatever colleague put her in the position to take care of them they should be the one at fault in my opinion not her unless they were also a junior in that case i guess you know it would we would probably be saying the same stuff
0: <laughs> yeah
1: either way moving on this next one's from Legal Cheek so um, I think we've already talked about Legal Cheek in the past this article is is about the coronavirus and it's uh, about the ex Clifford Chance boss who has stated that the coronavirus has got nothing on the 2008 financial crisis
0: Matthew yeah Yeah, he's basically saying it's Tony Williams the uh, ex boss of Clifford Chance which is a big firm I think and uh, he's saying that the financial crisis back in 2008 um, was much worse than what we're facing now so I mean if you made it through that it could give you hope that um, this is going to be easier and what he's saying is that um, back then there was a sort of money supply problem whereas right now we're not you know, it says there was a massive liquidity crisis, and the banks weren't lending each other money. So, and we don't currently have that. So, there's no reason for the the economy to grind to a halt.
1: Mm. Yeah, it seems. Um, I guess it seems up to a certain extent, it seems to like a reasonable statement. But you can't just compare one thing to another thing like the 2008 financial crisis was a uh, proper financial crisis while well, this is having its different certain effects on the economy and it's having its own effects on the you know the uh, property uh, market and everything like it's it, they're the two they're two different things and they affect uh, the market and the economy in different ways i i believe at least So I see the property market possibly being affected way more at the moment, at least, but I don't know much about the 2008 financial crisis either way, except that it was quite bad.
0: Yeah. The thing is that in terms of conveyancing, I think it's volatility is good because if people are buying and selling houses, like that's good for conveyances, Uh, whether it be, Bad times or good times, like as long as there's volatility. Like the yeah, the problem is if it stagnates the market, which it kind of had been. Like this may actually shake the market up. But yeah, I mean we don't really know the full effects of this virus yet because maybe a lot of people are out of work, and um, that has a knock-on effect on on the uh, banks. But I, I can see his point is that the banks are well prepared. Like they haven't actually got any problems. That we know mm. of, um so they might be able to sort of help people out
1: yeah no i think that is as a like i said i think he has some valid points it's definitely true that the banks uh well it would seem logical for banks to be well prepared now after what happened in 2008 i do believe it's something to be expected it's it's obviously showing it now mm. hopefully that's- things don't get worse
0: yeah, the banks are supposed to have new regulations, aren't they, to pre- um, yeah. prevent it from happening again, the, the same crisis. So, yeah, that's um, interesting. It's good that, because if he's a, he's a responsible fellow, he seems to think the banks are going to be okay, so uh, we could trust him on that.
1: Yeah um hopefully (laughs) so this next one's from legal features uh futures not features and uh it says that an accountant uh, was severely reprimanded over an sra report
0: yeah it's um the way this article's written it's quite hard to kind of break into it to figure it out We, we ran through it earlier yeah um, it, it actually dates back, this, to um, September 2015. The, um, the accountant, um, Charles Duncan, Nicholas Charles Duncan Taylor, he was working for a firm, Patro Limited, in Skipton. He filed, in May 2014, a, a, an accountant's report, the SRA, But he didn't report that the firm had put 1.3 million of clients' monies into their own account. So that's what he was reprimanded about for not reporting that that had happened. Um, This company was run by Susan Hurst. It was called Barrington's Legal in Wakefield. And the SRA shut it down in September 2015. And then in 2017, they suspended Miss Hurst for one year after she admitted to these, um, to moving this client money into the wrong accounts. And in fact, she sent the money offshore. But I think the money was returned. I mean, it seems as if she'd somehow invested it offshore, in some offshore scheme. Yeah. Seems that way. I mean, she was only suspended for a year, whereas that poor junior solicitor was struck off just for leaving some documents on the train. We don't even know if those documents fell into the wrong hands or not.
1: Yeah, we could link these two together right now and point that out. That's crazy, right? This this, uh, this woman, She she has 1.3 million. We don't know if it was returned or not has gone missing and the other person was struck off because they lost a briefcase with documents this is a little
0: the thing is it it kind of highlights that information like data is more sensitive than money cuz it's kind of like if you steal some money it's like oh you stole some money naughty person but it's yeah. it's anonymous it's like it, the money was there i took it but if you it's like data protection if you start, if you, if sensitive information gets out, that's more damaging, isn't it? Because it actually mm. hurts somebody in particular.
1: Yeah, I guess that is true, but it still feels like it was a step too far. But, I guess money uh,
0: is insured, and it's only money at the end of the day.
1: I guess so. And either way, I guess we shouldn't keep rambling about this poor junior solicitor either way this in this case it's it it, like i i still have my my doubts and i still have a little bit of confusion when trying to think about this case but either way talking about it it's uh it, it seems to have been dealt with. I'm not sure if the money was uh, ever returned to the client. but um, and, and I don't think it's stated where this money went to offshore. No. If it went to some sort of a... If it was an investment on some sort of company or something. I'm not sure what it was. So it's not stated here, but...
0: Well, another couple of points. Because it was about back in 2017 when she was suspended for a year she's actually she is back it says she's back in practice now hmm. so she's already practicing again and this uh, accountant he got fined um, over £3,000 and then I guess he had to pay the SRA's costs of £5,600
1: so was that a total of nearly 9000 or yeah
0: 8755
1: Yeah, okay.
0: For not reporting that they had illegally moved the money. Hmm. I guess it should have been quite obvious to him uh, looking at the books.
1: I mean, you know, I don't think they would report illegally moving money, but... You know, (laughs) either way... Moving on, this next article is from the BBC. So this one says, um, RBS says revamped loan scheme will make a big difference, the RBS being the Royal Bank of Scotland. So um, what are your thoughts on this new loan scheme, Matthew?
0: Yeah, the um, RBS, I think they're still publicly owned since the banking crisis. The government bailed them out. But um, yeah, this the government pledged a bunch of money for loans. I guess what it means is they give the banks the money and allow them to lend it out. Um, And it says 330 billion's been made available, but only 145 million has been lent out so far. But the RBS chairman is saying that they have been implementing a new system that is nearly ready. And uh, once it's ready, they'll be able to just start lending loads of money to small firms in the next few days. Now I don't know, like, borrowing more money at a time like this, is it a good idea? I mean, I suppose people have to if they need to.
1: Yeah like we we stated before when we were talking about uh, talking about the grants lo- loans aren't exactly it may not be exactly what people are looking for at the moment rather than grants because loans if you if you have to borrow a big amount of money it might not have a good outcome either way because you'll have just... to be paying all of that back again and might take longer and it might be a tedious process It's just not as good as maybe a grant. I'm not sure if this is exactly good, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's just kicking the can down the road, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, people are saying that they've been struggling, small firms have been struggling to get um, loans. I don't know if they mean the government backed loans. Um, But they've been being offered loans with interest rates of up to 30%, which is crazy.
1: Mm, That is pretty bad.
0: I don't know what the interest rate is on these government loans. Uh, I assume it would be protected at quite a low rate. Otherwise, pretty pointless.
1: That is pretty hefty, 30%. That's mm. that's crazy, no? Yeah, hopefully these, uh, these certain government loans are, you know, properly, you know, maybe 5%, 10% interest. That still seems sort of high, though. I'm not sure.
0: There's another interesting point on this article. Um, it talks about the Purchasing Managers Index, the PMI, which is supposed to show the Britain's services industry um, how... I guess alive it is, but it's saying that this survey um, has slumped from 53.2 to 34.5. I don't know if that's a percentage or whatever, but I guess it's a a number which indicates the like health of the um, services industry. And it, yeah, it says here in fact, um, any figure below 50 marks a contraction in the services sector right that's not, not good news but only to not... be expected
1: I yeah well <laughs> like I've said before I, I guess we can only hope things get better <laughs> and not worse mm. always treat things with a smile though it's very important to keep yourself happy in these trying times
0: always look on the bright side of life
1: and if there isn't a bright side, you make one, goddammit. <laughs> All right, moving on with the Daily Mail now, people, uh, gents and ladies. The Daily Mail, uh, this new article here is about a new scheme that could help you knock thousands off your mortgage and pay it off early just by shopping online. Now, this is, well, it says it's a cashback hack. So this essentially is, um, is it in a couple stores or is it in a specific brand uh, is what i i didn't get Oh, was in a couple brands
0: yeah, yeah i mean they've put coronavirus in the title but it doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with coronavirus this
1: no not really so essentially a couple of brands have done it where you so it's sort of like um like in a another shop like a membership shop you go over there you pay for your um, products and then you use this card, or you give them your membership uh, account, maybe your Gmail or whatever, and they will give you some sort of point system. They'll they'll add some points to your account, or they'll discount a certain amount on your products. Well, um, in this case, these brands are doing it so that the more you buy, uh, the more money you'll accumulate. It's like a bit a bit at a time. And once you get to 50 pounds, they'll take that off your mortgage. Hmm. If I'm not mistaken. And I believe this is all online shopping, at least at the moment. Right. Um, Would you like to go more in depth with this, Matthew?
0: Yeah. um, It's just basically a loyalty card system, isn't it? It's to try and bring shoppers back. Um, A lot of stores offer loyalty discounts, like in supermarkets. You might get products discounted, or you might build up points that you can then use to spend in the store, or spend in other places that are like linked to that store. And this one is quite unique in that it w- they'll just make direct payments to your mortgage. I mean, I don't know if it's in conjunction with other mortgage com- like the mortgage companies have. Offered this scheme to retailers and said, you know, um, we'll get your customers' mortgage details and uh, allow you to make direct pay- payments into there.
1: Mm. Either way, it seems uh, nice, actually. In my opinion, even though it's uh, it might it might be hard to get up to fifty pounds, or even if it seems like it's not a lot. 50 pounds is still 50 pounds. And if you're buying a bunch of products, um, you're not going to get, you're not going to, if you have those products, and then you also have the positive of getting 50 pounds or more off of your mortgage, it's it's still like a win, still mm. a pretty good win. It's not it's not going to be a lot, is it? But it's you know it's still a little it's a little chunk you'll get off.
0: It says here, forty six retailers have signed up so far, including brands such as Asos, Boots, Currys, PC World, Foot Asylum, John Lewis, and Sports Direct. So they're pretty big brands, and um, this article sort of. S- questions is it worth it and then at the end they go through that you know when you pay 50 pound off your mortgage you're not just paying 50 pounds off because that 50 pounds would have attracted interest over a long period of time so the effect of making any repayments on your mortgage is pretty positive in fact like most financial advisors advise you know do not make any investments until you've paid off all your debt because paying off your debt is the best investment you will ever make yeah so you know it's worth um i think it's a i think it's a good scheme i don't know how quickly they're going to help you pay off your mortgage probably very slowly but overall paying off your mortgage is a big thumbs up
1: again it is you know, a lot of people can argue that it's not going to be very helpful as it's only 50. And again, if you're doing small shopping, you might not even get to that 50. But if you're, you know, if you're shopping in these certain brands every now and then, and you suddenly see that they've taken off for 50 or maybe a hundred off of your uh, mortgage, it'll just be another thing that you'll say, oh, that's, you know, that's made my day. It's a nice little thing that's uh, happened. I think it's a the positive thing in my opinion you know i think it's pretty fun i think it's pretty good
0: Hmm.
1: (laughs) um this next article is also from the daily mail and it uh says as follows banks and building societies pull a third of all mortgage deals in just three weeks as worry of coronavirus grips the market um this isn't very good
0: Yeah, it's it's quite old this article, I think we kind of dealt with this last week but this was during the week. Um, These mortgage companies are pulling their products off the shelves, so so to speak. Um, We already covered that they were requiring higher deposits. So this analysis by the Daily Mail looks at the products that they've pulled. And it seems that they've pulled all the products where, which had small deposits. So basically a 90% mortgage and 80% mortgage. And it's the same st- um, same as what we were saying last week. That they're basically demanding an over um, 25% deposit or more at this time. So um, And like we were saying, it, it probably shows that the mortgage companies are scared that the process might the house prices might drop a bit in the short term yeah maybe up to 20% so they're just trying to cover their backs
1: yeah it's not very good but you know <laughs> again we can just only hope that everything starts getting better slowly I mean um, at this point it seems like it might mm, the worst might have happened already and it might only get better from here let's hope um it doesn't get worse than this though
0: yeah but like we said last week i think it sends a bad message because definitely if if they're sort of basically showing that they're predicting a 20 percent drop uh in the prices then that could actually have an effect of pushing the market it's like they say bull market and bear market But uh, bull and bear markets it's like a bull market is where the prices just keep going up because everyone's really confident and the bear market is like everyone gets scared and they all run away so it's like if the banks are like ooh the prices might go down by 20% it could cause a bear market where everyone gets scared and, and the prices get pushed down even more than that
1: yeah that's true
0: a little bit irresponsible
1: to be honest. I don't know, they they show weakness, don't they?
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose it depends how far this story gets. Like, if, if enough people read it and are scared by it, it could cause panic. But um, Or maybe it'll just cause stability, because the banks won't be exposing themselves and um, the market slows down for a bit, and then when it starts picking up, after the um lockdown yeah try, trying to keep it positive <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> all right um oh sorry bit of an issue nose there the telegraph so this next article is from the telegraph and i think we've already covered at least one article before from the Telegraph. Telegraph usually has a subscription, which means this article is behind a paywall. So if any of you are interested in it, uh, make sure, and you have the subscription to Telegraph, make sure you check it out. We'll probably leave it somewhere in the description or something. And it states as follows, how working from home could hit commuter belt house prices.
0: Yeah, I thought this was interesting. I thought... If, um, because if people start working from home more, because now it's kind of been proven as a concept because we've been forced to do it, um, at first I thought it might mean that suburban property becomes less desirable because people would want to be more in the city, but I see it as, yeah, like, people could live more out in the countryside and telecommute So they would probably be more inclined to move out of the city, which could have an effect on the suburban property prices increasing.
1: Yeah, I think we both agreed that suburban uh, properties are usually more, like, nicer. Uh, Well, not more nicer, as in they... Yeah, they're more desirable in general um, either way. I guess this will just make them even more desirable.
0: But they tend to be cheaper. It's kind of like the further out of London you get. You know, people commute into London from around because, uh, well, they want to live in a nice place and Mm. they can only afford something, like, further away. So it's kind of like good to be near a train station, you know, half an hour from London or whatever. But this could actually push those prices up even higher, make it harder for people to to live outside. I don't know. I mean, we can't see behind the paywall anyway, so...
1: Yeah, (laughs) so hopefully if anyone's interested in this, you know, you could give us a a shout-out in the comments and tell us, yeah, well, um, in the end, it was saying something about this and that, and, you know, we'll have more info to provide with uh, all of you
0: I mean there must be more property in the suburbs because in the city centre the closer you get to the city centre the more crammed together everything gets so you've got more space out in the suburbs I think it's a bit of a silly um, concept because it'll always regulate itself (laughs) You know, if uh, if property prices go down in the city centre, people will move to the city centre. If, if they go down in the suburbs, people move to the suburbs. Yeah. So, whatever happens, it will just keep going round in circles.
1: <laughs> this NASA article is from Homes and Property.
0: From the, the Evening Standard.
1: He, yes, I already can't... <laughs> from the Evening Standard, the Homes and Property... Um, this article is about the London house prices. It says that the coronavirus is leading to a drop in property values and plummeting sales. Now, if you've been listening to all of our podcasts, I believe this is something that was, you know, bound to happen. Something that was very clear from the start. And we already talked about the possible 20% in worst cases. Um, that might have dropped in certain house prices. So, this is just essentially uh, confirming everything, if I'm not incorrect. Well,
0: that 20% was a prediction by the Daily Mail, I think. It hasn't actually happened yet. But um, this talks about estate agent Knight Frank, I think, and saying that 2% has already been uh, wiped off london property prices and um the trouble is that because the coronavirus they can't show people around empty houses because they can't travel and they can't be in contact with them i mean could they go and view a house i don't know
1: not really i don't think it it's allowed just flat out like even if it's part of the job um, it would involve those people going over there and meeting up with this person and that's already a possible contagious situation so they probably wouldn't allow it
0: some estate agents already have these like 3d virtual tours they put a camera in and the camera scans the whole house and then you can see the house online i wonder if they've got that system they can carry on making sales during the lockdown
1: Oh, that's great.
0: So what does... What does Knight Frank think will happen to the house prices next year? They think it's going to bounce back pretty quickly.
1: I mean, it would be... I think it wouldn't be very hard for... Because, I mean, um, I guess images can't display everything. But maybe if... Um, uh, you know conveyancing firms decided to all you know try and Get as many methods as they could, because maybe it's harder and maybe more expensive to scan the house.
0: These are but a state if it was agents, possible... not. Not convincing. No. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah, state agents. Uh, I got wound up in the other thing. So, um, if these state agents uh, try to improvise, it's probably um, you know still very simple to just record, make a recording of the entire house, then make photos of every you know rinking uh, little corner. Shelf, and then they'd have a wide uh, variety of images and. Um, no, I've seen these things. They put on,
0: They have it on a tripod, and it takes like a 360-degree image, and it's all sewn together in the computer, and you can actually like see the whole house completely, like oh, rend- wow. rendered in 3D.
1: Yeah, like I just said, though, it might. I'm not sure if it's an extra expense or if it's harder, but you know, still.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's is, always is, is that kind of it. technology. It could pay for itself if we live in a world of reduced, like, interaction with each other.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because a guy could go and set up one of those with a mask and gloves to scan the house during lockdown. I, I guess he's not allowed to travel, though.
1: Yeah.
0: If I say guy, it could be a girl as well, sorry.
1: Yeah, it could be... Could be anyone. Could be a, even a non-gender person.
0: Yeah.
1: And finishing off the week, the day, the podcast, we have, uh, like always, Matthew, a hand-selected uh, country life property. So this property is an idyllic grade uh, 2 listed house in the beautiful West Sussex countryside. Um, This house, if I'm not mistaken, is around 600 years old, which is a little little thing we saw uh, while we were looking at the article. And the house... 32 acres of gardens. As I was about to say, it has 32 acres of garden, which is the biggest garden we have covered yet. Oh, sorry, gardens. Not a garden. It's it's various gardens. And it's 32 <laughs> acres over the entire thing. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, actually.
0: The thing is, this one... It looks like the old house is only about a third of the size of the, the main house. Um, it looks like a kind of a modern extension put on. It looks like a kind of a fake barn... But the windows are modern and it's got... Joining the old original house and this new barn extension is a kind of glass building. Hmm. Glass roof, a uh, pointed glass roof uh, with beams in. I guess that would heat the house quite nicely
1: yeah definitely it looks um that middle part looks very nice i think it's a very nice added touch but i already explained to matthew that you know in contrary to the other houses this is probably my least um aesthetically pleasing house i must say but i think it redeems itself with the inside because the inside looks extremely white modern nice it's crazy
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is, most of these interior shots are taken in the um, modern part of the building. Cause yeah. Because it, it looks very flat and straight, you know, the floors are flat, and and you can't imagine that a building 600 years old <laughs> is going to have like, floors like this.
1: Yeah. Um, again, like always, we've uh, always got these lovely wooden beams going across the ceiling.
0: Yeah, these are uh, brand new, don't they? not yeah. Aged they really at
1: all. do. Oh, there's a there's a swimming pool. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah. Lovely. I mean, it's it's a nice place. I think it's a lot of greenery there, like big trees, lawns. They've got these sun lounges. It's a nice modern patio around the swimming pool. A bit of wooden decking. Well, yeah. Nice brickwork and ornamental features.
1: This is one of the bedrooms here. It's a double bed. It's what I think you said something about that area at the top over there. What is that? Is that for storage? Is that an area you could access? There's not really a staircase to it.
0: Yeah, I guess or you could chuck all your suitcases and stuff up there. It looks like it's just an alcove above the hallway. Yeah, you can see all the beams in the roof. It's been opened up nicely. It's all in very good condition.
1: Yeah, I'm really liking the amount of windows that I'm seeing in this house as well. It makes it all uh, very nice with natural lighting. Although there are the the lights are on at the same time. It's it's a very nice touch. Um here we have a shot of uh one of the gardens closest to the main house. I do believe is what is there in the back with um, a very strange fence
0: Mm. the amount of trees on this land is lovely
1: yeah definitely
0: meadows around the house and then all kinds of different trees you can see like willow trees, oak trees everything and this is kind of like a fenced off orchard, I imagine there are fruit trees there, they must have put a fence there to stop like sheep or cows or whatever getting in there to try and climb up the trees and eat the fruits. I
1: think there's
0: a couple of greenhouses there as well.
1: Yeah, I think you can see a bit of one coming up from behind that tree there.
0: They always put the price right at the end of the article, so we have a heart attack when we find out how much it is.
1: (laughs) Place your bets now, ladies and gentlemen. Will this be the most expensive house we have checked out yet or not? mm-hmm
0: it says it's next door to the golf and country club it's slinford golf and country club and it's also next to the slinford cricket club so you could pop and play golf and then go and watch a bit of cricket yeah it says outbuildings have been converted to provide a games room stables an office garaging, and storage what do you think of this kitchen here? Is that a big flat screen on on the wall there?
1: It is, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because there's no cooking or anything uh, going on on that desk over there. Like yeah, it's that. like very no.
0: modern kitchen. and There's a big island in the middle with some stools. Yeah. Uh, all facing towards a big flat screen TV. <laughs> got like down lighting the, um, uh, spotlights on the in the ceiling.
1: They've got the uh, one of these really big stoves. Like an
0: arga in there.
1: Yeah, an arga.
0: Yeah, you've got to have an arga.
1: Definitely in one of these houses.
0: And this shop from the outside shows the other side of the property. You can see oh, the, that's big, the uh... original chimney stack, all the wood a pile of wood there that you can burn in your family.
1: Oh they've got a massive a bunch of wood there, that's that's nice. Does that does that come with the price? <laughs>
0: There's a well next to the it must be the original well. Oh yeah. I wonder if they pump up their own really water nice. or they're just connected to the normal supply.
1: Yeah, no idea. You can see the other side of that sort of glass structure from here as well. That glass pillory structure.
0: Yeah, it's like the same on both sides, isn't it? It's glass.
1: Yeah. Well. They've really got
0: a nice. big like, pond and a, like a river running in and to get to the gardens you can kind of walk over this stone bridge.
1: Yeah, I bet this pond doesn't have any fish though like that one we looked at.
0: It's full of weeds isn't it? Well, um, yeah. reeds or what, however you...
1: Pond plants. <laughs>
0: yeah. So here we go, it's um, available from Strutton Parker Estate Agents like the one we had last week.
1: Yeah at, at yeah, at two point five million pounds. Yeah, I think we've covered one that was three million. I'm not entirely sure.
0: It's not even like a big earn, you know. If the house we had last time, it had two rental properties and it had um, fishing lakes that you could imagine you could make quite a lot of money out of it. But this mm. one seems, you know, I mean, it's for a nature lover, I think, because it, it's just beautiful um grounds you know, I guess you could sell like shooting it's probably like some um animals in the woods hmm now that
1: I think about it i I think 2.5 million is probably pretty reasonable for 32 acres of gardens and this massive house hmm Maybe there's a lot to be done though because it is 600 years old, or at least the main houses. How many bedrooms? So, is there? I don't think it. Does
0: it, it, say, does
1: it no, I don't think it actually says how many bedrooms there are, and we've only seen a shot of one of them, which might be in the newer building.
0: Oh, it says gardens, paddocks, woods, and parkland, and it also mentions stables. So maybe you can make money from like having horses,
1: like yeah. um, breeding horses. I mean they are 32 acres of gardens, so you could probably um, possibly build on one of them build on one of these plots of land and possibly make a something that has to do with I don't know maybe horse racing mm. horse shows
0: yeah, that's also it's another idea no population around there yeah Sussex it says.
1: but I bet a lot of rich people would love to drive over there to show off their lovely horses yeah
0: <laughs> anyway we've <laughs> been rambling on about that place for a while School Park <laughs> Farm and um, yeah I hope you enjoyed this uh, last latest episode episode 7 um, thank you very much for tuning in we really appreciate it and um, we hope you drop us a comment on one of those various platforms that I mentioned at the beginning maybe you, YouTube is the best place to leave comments really yeah um, and um, yeah thanks for tuning in
1: yeah um, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube follow us on all our other platforms to be able to listen to us Um, for you listeners out there sorry if we don't describe the house very well but you'll have to bear with us Um, again we both hope you're all doing extremely well in these trying times and we hope that things are looking up for all of us With that, I guess we conclude this podcast. Uh, We'll all see you next week.
0: Yeah, thanks very much. Bye. Bye.